0: Welcome in to the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by StravaCraft Coffee. Use that promo code DNVR20. You will get 20% off your order. I'm enjoying some right now. It absolutely helps me get through my day, especially days like this where I'm still drinking coffee at two o'clock in the afternoon as I'm recording this live for everyone out there on Periscope, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch. All that stuff, hopefully you're, you're following us on all those there. Of course, you know my name is Drew Creaseman and that I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. You know, I'm gonna take one more sip of my Strava. And then, <clears throat> you know that on this episode, if you looked at the title, uh, if, you, if you came in checking out the headline, you know it's gonna be about Todd Helton. And this is a conversation I've been putting off for a little while. I was giving myself some breathing room post-Larry Walker induction into the Hall of Fame, and even reading certain articles about Helton and Walker and Coors Field uh, was getting frustrating. Therefore, And I just wanted a break from all of it. But now we got to dive back in headfirst. A couple of reasons why I decided to get into this. I guess it's just, you know, with actual baseball, not too far around the corner, I'm hoping to start zeroing in a little bit more on some analysis about the Rockies' upcoming season, whatever that may look like. Um, Not only that, but we're just going to have more analysis about like the contracts and you know the the way the Rockies are going to be able to look in the future now that certain amount of time has passed, even though there haven't been games that still affects certain things. So we'll be able to jump in to all of that. But for now, let's do the Helton thing. Uh, I had several family members send me a five thirty eight article that is essentially the statistical case. Uh, for mostly for Todd Helton uh, and the hall of fame though uh, the writer and and let me go ahead and get the writer's name out of the way here before I forget to do that Neil Payne is the article I'm referencing here and I thought he did a pretty good job though I disagree with his ultimate conclusion that Todd Helton at the very least belongs in the hall of what he calls very damn good players something like that uh, and I've heard this before you know that that he belongs in the hall of very good, but maybe not the hall of fame, maybe not the hall of great that he doesn't quite stand up to. Certainly the, the best and most famous members of the hall of fame. Uh, do Todd Helton's numbers match up with Babe Ruth and Willie Mays and Joe DiMaggio and Stan Musial and Mickey Mantle and guys like that? No. And on a statistical level, Does it even stand up to Larry Walker? No, but those are not the only players in the Hall of Fame. It is not comprised of merely the 40 or 35 best people to ever play. There there are more players in there than that. And, And we have therefore codified what a Hall of Famer is. Even if you believe that there are certain players who are in who don't belong, you'd basically have to argue that a third of the players who are in the Hall of Fame shouldn't be in order to exclude Todd Helton. In my estimation, some of his intangibles basically place him at middle ground Hall of Fame status that that he would be essentially a middle of the pack he wouldn't be one of the worst guys in the hall of fame he wouldn't be one of the best guys in the hall of fame he'd sit right about at the middle so let's go over my case for for why i think that that's true uh, where i think the 538 article does a good job of illuminating some things s- statistically and what i think is kind of getting left out of the conversation altogether when it comes to todd Helton because There's a lot to unpack here, not the least of which you could start with the obvious point, which was the same with Larry Walker. But let's at the very least begin here and understand what the conversation is, because Todd Helton's basic slash line, his traditional numbers would be good enough to get him in the Hall of Fame alone by themselves if he played for 29 other teams in baseball, right? He has a career batting average of .316, a career on base of .414, a career slugging of 539. It's a WRC plus of 132 for his career, an OPS plus of 133, suggesting he was about 32 to 33% better than league average if you adjust for Coors Field. But before we even get into adjusting for Coors Field, let's all recognize that you have to do that. One, you you just actually have to do that. You do have to do some adjusting for Coors Field, but also recognize that you should adjust for every ballpark. And for the Hall of Fame, we don't for some reason. It just isn't done for the other 29 teams. And so it is a bit frustrating. Even looking at his career walk rate of 14.1%, which was higher than his career strikeout rate of 12.4%. These numbers alone would get him into the Hall of Fame if he played for just about, any, I, I seriously, like, 29 of the other teams in baseball because there wouldn't be a way to discount, uh, particularly the 414 career on-base percentage. That's just pretty incredible. Uh, but let's get into the Coors Field conversation before we really start muddying things up. We've got these two numbers on the table now, the 132 WRC Plus and 133 OPS Plus. Of course, the... 538 article mentions both of these and mentions, as I said before, that that would put him about <clears throat> kind of at the bottom third. Uh, there's about a third of the players in the Hall of Fame who have a worse adjusted OPS plus, WRC plus. That's before we even get into the fact that WRC plus, and it is a fact that WRC plus and OPS plus undersell. Rockies player. it, players, it is it is known as they say in Game of Thrones. We don't know exactly by how much and it's probably not the same for every player. But we have enough data at this point to know that at least by about two or three percentage points for the average guy, and I would say probably more for a player like Todd Hilton who was a place it out in the field, hit it where they ain't type of guy you're going to be discounted quite a bit more. But even if I couldn't prove that, which I can, I just can't prove how much. I don't know if WRC Plus is off by three points or five points, or if over the course of a guy's career, it could even be off by 10 or 12. I I think that th- that's absolutely a possibility when you look into the numbers and the way they don't account for the core's hangover effect, which can be demonstrated through statistical data. In fact, through these exact statistics, OPS plus and WRC plus that it is a real thing. So most of these national articles, including ones like this that are basically an argument for Todd Helton from a statistical standpoint are leaving out some important statistical data in his case, in his favor. The biggest one being this, the Coors Field hangover effect, whatever you want to name, name it. The fact that if you are a member of the Colorado Rockies, you are less likely to get a hit on the road than any other member of any other team at any time in the last 25, 30, 40, actually it's 50, in the modern era of baseball. Hitting on the road as a member of the Rockies is the hardest environment in baseball to hit now, hitting at home as a member of the Rockies has been one of the easiest environments, but it's not been head and shoulders easier to hit at Coors Field over second place the way hitting on the road has been for the Rockies. So it is difficult because we can't put a number on there, and I can't tell you if you should bump up Helton's career WRC plus or OPS plus by. Three points, which you should at least bump it by three. That's kind of just the automatic, but that's kind of like that's almost per season. And it depends. And now, w, WRC plus isn't a rate stat like WAR, so it doesn't work that way. You can't just do it every single year. And now his career WRC plus is 212. Like, no, 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 no. But it is underselling him. That needs to be well understood. And that's not just a problem of like, Sometimes when I bring this up to stat people, they just go, well, you know, you're probably right, but there's not really anything that we can do about that. This is the best we have. You can at least make a, at the very least, make a mental note that WRC Plus says he should be in the Hall of Fame already anyway. But about, he's better than about a third of the guys in the Hall of Fame by the stat already. Then you bump him up a few extra slots based on the fact that it's underselling him a bit. It's not counting for the road right? Then you really start to get into, I feel like the meat and potatoes of the Todd Helton argument that largely gets ignored as we get into the weeds about Coors Field and not Coors Field. And it was a little bit easier to do that with Larry Walker because Walker spent time in other places, right? He spent the beginning of his career in Montreal. He spent the end of his career in St. Louis. And because of that, you have these kind of, um, what are they called in science? Now I'm blanking on the term. These, uh, you know, you know, when you want to standardize an experiment, a constant, thank you. Uh, you've got, I don't know who I said thank you to. It just, it just popped into my brain. And so... You you can take Walker away from Coors Field, look at what he did there. It helps you kind of prove that prove the hangover effect, and it gives you a chance to show look at how good he was without all of that stuff. Where there's no point in Helton's career you can do this. Number 17 played all 17 years of his career and two and a half years, three years, something like that, in of the of the minor leagues as a member of the Colorado Rockies. You cannot take Helton away from Colorado and and make a case for him right in fact one of the things that people who have been most successful in building their cases against Helton will do is just look at his road numbers because he's the only guy like Walker you can't do that for or you can try but you'll look silly if anyone points out any kind of context Walker you go look at the road numbers and someone's like yeah They're Ken Griffey Jr. Almost exactly. For Helton, that's not the case. Because Helton spent his entire career battling something that no other Hall of Fame level talent has spent their entire careers battling. Maybe now Nolan Arenado, but we'll see how long he he spends, you know, how long that entire career situation ends up being in terms of him being in Colorado. And if he goes somewhere else, it will solidify his Hall of Fame case for a lot of the reason why I'm talking about here with Helton. It's frustrating, to be sure, but with Helton, more than with Walker, you need a deep, nuanced understanding of Coors Field, of the hangover effect, of the road-hitting problem, and of a few other things, because... I get where people are coming from. You know, of course, this 538 article jumps into uh, Jaws, uh, Peak War, stuff like that. If, if you aren't familiar, Jaws uh, it was a system created by Jay Jaffe to kind of balance these things and, and, and tell what a typical Hall of Fame career is and, and measures out a peak. And one of the things that's noted in the article is that Todd Helton's peak was about as good as any first baseman since 1901. Of course, we all know that Elton's career uh, was shortened a bit. though. I mean, he played 17 years. He probably could have played a little bit longer or at least could have played at a higher level for longer, if not for back issues that, that really hampered him. So I think some people also look at his peak happens to coincide with right before The humidor was implemented, though there's one year after it that people conveniently just leave out, um, which was one of his best years ever, was the first year of the humidor. But there is a kind of you look there and you go, oh, well, as soon as the Rockies started to normalize their environment, Todd Helton stopped being this dominating force that he had been before. Now, that's because he turned 34 and started you know or 33 or whatever it was and started having back issues and had to have all these surgeries and and all of this other stuff and you know that should be understood that 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 the reason his peak ended and he did have one or two more years where like didn't he Garner MVP votes in 2009 at age 35 he even, so it's not like once his peak was over in 0405 that he was done uh he just stopped being you know, one of the best players in all of baseball and went back to being kind of an all-star, uh, one of the better players in all of baseball. And so, yeah, it's, it's you know, you can look at that and go, well, it coincides with the humidor. So I guess he was a Coors Field creation, right? That whole thing. And it's just, it just ain't true. It just ain't the case. And we have all of these numbers now that even undersell the guy that will tell you, not the case. It really wasn't a matter of Coors Field. It was a matter of him being an extraordinary hitter. But we've left out two extremely important parts of the Todd Helton for Hall of Fame case that seem to be totally left out. And it's it, it can be uh, beyond frustrating. Before I do that, though, I do have to mention uh, that, of course, the wait is finally over. And DraftKings Sportsbook is now our official partner here At DNVR, we're super excited about it. I don't know if y'all were in on the UFC the other night, if you've had some uh, KBO going, but it's been absolutely incredible to be able to have some skin in the game, bet on sports once again. And it's through that DraftKings. So you know you can trust them. It's not some offshore operation. DraftKings Sportsbook is a legitimate, based right here in the United States. You can be confident that your funds are secure, and you can bet from wherever. Whenever we got all kinds of stuff on the docket coming up, there are futures bets and baseball that you can make right now. You can even go on and bet about TV shows. We've got exclusive DNVR based bets you can do. I know there's a lot on the Broncos side, we're going to be having more coming here on the baseball side. We're having a whole lot of fun with it, it's starting to feel like sports are actually back. So, download the Draft Kings Sportsbook app now and use code DNVR when you sign up for a limited time. All new users can get a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. So don't forget to enter that promo code DNVR and get that sign-up bonus today at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, Colorado-only bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Bon- deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. So let's talk about two things in Todd Helton's case, that that need to be a part of it. And they're really not in this um, 538 article because, of course, it's mostly about, you know, OPS plus, WRC plus is hitting numbers, adjusting for course field. And none of that has anything to do with his ability as a defender, right? And this, I think, is probably the trickiest part of the Todd Helton equation because we live in an era where we'd really like to have some numbers to attach to a statement like Todd Helton was an elite defender. And if you go in and look at his numbers, like on fan graphs, here's his defensive war starting in uh, 2001, negative 4.7, 0.2, negative 13.2, negative 11.7, negative 10.8, negative 14.3, negative 2.2. Now you hear you heard a certain word over the course of his career, a negative 97.7 for Todd Helton defensively. Now there are a few things that need to be understood about this number. It is not even attempting to measure digging the ball out of the dirt. That's one thing. Like we'll put that, put a pin in that. We'll of course get back to it in just a second. But what it is measuring is basically your 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 range. These defensive metrics are pretty good at measuring range, which might be the least important defensive attribute a first baseman can have. Now, it's not completely unimportant, especially at Coors Field. There are times where like having a little bit of speed and and the ability to turn and run and kind of go into that, there's a lot of foul territory there in shallow right field and behind first base and, and all of those things, right? And so like an ability to track down the ball like that or, or being able to really have lateral quickness to both sides and dive and knock balls down that are hit toward you. That's important. But how many balls a game you all watch baseball? You you, you watch a lot of baseball have over your life. And I'm sure there there's data that backs up what I'm about to say. And I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. I, it just now occurred to me to frame it this way, but How many balls a game are hit right at the first baseman or near the first baseman in a position where you go, hey, uh, a good fielder would not have have made that play, but a great fielder, a great lateral guy, like basically uh, if you had a a great second baseman or shortstop caliber guy in terms of lateral quickness and glove work and hands and all that stuff, um, how often would a guy like that have made the difference at first? Once every other game? maybe, right? Usually if a guy rips the ball hard right down the line one way or another, it's going as a base hit, even if you got a great fielder, Todd could field the stuff at him. Okay, but how many times a game does a first baseman have to field the ball as thrown to him by the second baseman, the shortstop or the third baseman? 10 at, like on on a slow day? 15, 20, if you've got, you know, Tyler Chatwood out there, ground ball pitcher Aaron Cook on the mound, you're going to get a lot of ground balls uh, and a lot of opportunities for you to make a mistake that hurts your team defensively. If you lined up 100 Hall of Fame infielders now of course they're going to be a little bit biased because they don't care if another guy makes an error or the ball gets by him. They care more if they complete the play that they made. But you ask them what's the most important, and 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 go with first baseman. If you pulled all current first basemen in Major League Baseball, ninety-five percent of them would tell you that their most important job defensively is to complete the play at first, and that means that the most important plus skill that you can have defensively as a first baseman is the ability to dig the ball out of the dirt and complete difficult plays as started by your teammates. And we don't have a stat for that. We don't even try to have a stat for that. And and that might be okay. I'm not like, uh, that would be very, very, very difficult to measure. I'm not sure how we would measure one guy against another. But just because we can't measure it, doesn't mean it isn't extra or, or that we haven't or that we don't doesn't mean that it isn't extraordinarily valuable every one of them knows that it is every single major league ball like i just said and that's not i'm not making that up you you ask if you pulled just everyone who's ever played a major league baseball ask them what's the most important thing defensively a first baseman can do to help you win ball games it's that everybody listening to this podcast understood why i just spent so much time on that Because while some of the data will tell you actually Albert Pujols was the better defender at first base, he was not. He had better lateral movement. He was the better athlete in his prime at first. But Todd Helton played a captain-style, mistake-free brand of safety net baseball for 17 years was one of the best to ever do that skill. I mean, I get that I've seen in my time. So in his, in his era, I'll I'll put it that way because, because we are talking about a skill that to some degree you've got to measure just by looking at it. And I can't go back and look at Jimmy Fox and, and measure his defense at first base this way. And that's one of the things that makes hall of fame voters uncomfortable because now I don't have a direct comparison. How do I really know that Todd Helton's digging ability at first base was Hall of Fame level. And all I can tell you is, I know. I know that to be true. And if anyone wants to try to make an argument that he was not, I'd be curious to hear that as well, because these numbers are not compelling. And not just because it's like, well, there are some issues with the numbers. It's like, no, no, no. Even just some of what they're trying to tell me is a question I'm much less interested in. I, I will concede that he did not have the lateral quickness of some of his contemporaries. I would also put that in like fourth or fifth place in terms of what I want my first baseman to be able to do to help us defensively prevent runs. And so I don't know, you know, we need to come up with a better way to make this case, but it needs to be a part of it. That's, that's what's, you know, it, Todd Helton's, extraordinary digging ability is similar to Larry Walker's extraordinary base running ability in that it's being left out of the hall of fame conversation. And I can't entirely tell why, <laughs> like it's, it's just like you look at Walker and you go, well, on the bat and the glove, he should be there. He should just be there, obviously. I mean, you don't even have to get super fancy about the defensive numbers or whatever. But then you go, he was also an elite level base runner. What in the hell are we talking about? So with Helton, you you don't have that, right? Like he wasn't, he was never an above average base runner or anything like that. But the digging ability is the thing that like when people get together and have hour long debates about Todd Helton, they won't talk about this because they don't know what to do with it. But like, imagine the amount of time and dedication and how many runs were saved over the years. The 2007 Colorado Rockies do not, do not go to the World Series without Todd Helton's digging ability. You could put a first baseman on the 07 Rockies, give him the exact same hitting stats. So we're, you know, keeping a constant. Put... Uh, uh, whoever you think is the best lateral moving rangey first baseman in the history of baseball, but make him an average digger of throws in the dirt. The 2007 Rockies don't go to the world series. They don't make the playoffs. They probably win 85 games. And, and the, you could say similar things about the 09 Rockies, you know, it's just, and, and I don't, I don't know how we convince people who didn't watch it. Of that, But at the very least, let's keep bringing it up. Let's keep having it as part of the conversation. Dino, Tom says Helton should absolutely be in the Hall of Fame. I'm a Dodgers fan, and that guy was nails. So there you have it. There you have it. That's another good way. I think we should have these polls come out when, like, the Hall of Fame voting is going on. And let's just pull, like, you have it be like Family Feud. We pulled 100 guys who played in the league at the same time as Todd Helton. We ask them, do you believe that he uh, that he's a product of Coors Field or, or you know, or whatever, Who, who's the guy you're afraid to, to pitch to? Or, you know, uh, just I think those would be very interesting questions because, I, you know, sometimes when you look at these raw numbers and stuff, you, you, you get too far out of the context and you forget things like Helton being a phenomenal defender or the last point that I want to make, before I do it, I do need to make sure that everybody out there is hanging out with us on WGT Golf, the most popular golf game in the world, uh, the most realistic free golf game loved by more than 20 million players around the world, including yours truly. You can play closest to the hole, which is my favorite because my short game sucks, but you can also do full-stroke play on world-famous golf courses including Pebble Beach, Beth Page Black, St. Andrews, Wolf Creek, and more. You can challenge me or anybody else in the dnvr uh, office or just in the dnvr community uh, we're having tournaments on sundays it's so much fun to play wgt golf uh, you can download it for free on your phone on, on your laptop you crack open a breck brew you have a nice time whacking the golf ball around staring at some pretty scenery uh really really have enjoyed my time in that game, it's, it's relaxing. I've somehow turned to playing video game baseball into one of the more stressful things I do in life. It used to be a fun, relaxing thing I do, and now it stresses me out. So it's good to have a a sports game like WGT that I can have a whole lot of fun with. And I'm not great at it, but I just enjoy it. So, and uh, Will, you're absolutely right. Tulo doesn't have two gold gloves if someone else isn't at first base and he should obviously have more, uh, but yeah, there are a lot of guys uh, who like Helton. It is very difficult to be a baseball player who makes the players around you better. Like that's typically not even asked of ball players the way it is of uh, like basketball players, right? And so uh, it, people don't really look into it. They did, but Todd Helton was one of the rare baseball players who made the players around him better um and you know yeah uh, and and while the innocent points out there there are a lot you know you can go down and look at the splits at 321 home doubles 271 away doubles um not a huge gap in my mind but pretty that's pretty much indicative of his gap across the board whether you're looking at um, batting averages home runs and there was almost never a season in which that wasn't the case and so you do have to acknowledge that that more than Walker and even more than guys like, um, Arenado. And at times like Blackman has struggled with the splits thing a bit more. Uh, Blackman just has one or two just extreme seasons on his resume that I cannot explain at all where he was just better on the road randomly where Helton that never, that never seemed to occur. Um, but, but, like, you, you dive really deep into it. There are some strange ones. Like, Helton hit really well in San Diego over his career. Uh, the place that drags his numbers down the most easily is Miami or, you know, Florida back when it w- was Florida. He just could not hit there to save his life. You take that off of his resume, you know, and, and he was actually a much better road hitter. than So there's a lot of interesting things inside of Helton's numbers. There is no denying the splits are real. Um, like I was saying earlier, I do think that has a lot to do with the fact that he played his entire career in Denver. And I, I do think it has to do with the fact that he was a place it where they ain't type of hitter. You know, he, he sure, he hit a decent number of home runs in his career, but uh, of course, we all know him for being that guy who could fight off every pitch. And it goes back to those, you know, the the career walk and strikeout. And the guy had a career, strikeout rate while still hitting 369 home runs like that. But that's why he had more doubles, you know? Yeah. He probably could have struck out 5% more and still had a pretty darn good strikeout rate for his career and hit another 20, 30, 40 home runs, maybe got himself over that 400, uh, career home run mark, uh, To make that case even stronger, but I don't think that that would have necessarily made him a more valuable ball player. That's the other thing that we oftentimes get lost when we're just trying to say, no, 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 it's not just Coors. It's not just Coors. You can't just say, look at Coors. But we forget to say, actually learning how to take advantage of Coors Field by putting the ball in play with some authority the opposite way going with pitches, using the big outfield to your advantage, isn't just like something everyone just can do, right? Ian Desmond, Daniel Murphy, right? It's not just a thing that Marco Scudero. You you can't just show up and like, oh, okay, yeah. DJ LeMay, he figured out how to use Coors Field. That's a thing he had to do. Todd Helton had to figure out how best to use that place to his advantage. So, It's also kind of tough because it's like we want to use that against him, but it's like this brings me to the final point that, again, is where I I feel like too much of the Todd Helton conversation is left out, and it's not a scientific thing. It's not a stat thing, but it is that he played his entire career for one organization and dedicated himself to that organization and did so in times when it was not – necessarily easy. He's the face of a franchise who owns almost every single franchise mark uh, in terms of statistics. And I think that that should matter. Some people don't. Some people don't. You, you, you know, it's just in a vacuum where your number good enough to be there or not. Uh, what you meant to your franchise doesn't mean anything to anybody. And if, if that's your position and, and you hold that to be the case all of the time, and therefore guys like Derek Jeter don't get extra points for being the captain or whatever, you know, it's just, you're just numbers person, then rock and roll. Um, but I think it's a part of the conversation. I think it should be a part of the conversation. And I do think that being Mr. Rocky uh, should at the very least be, I don't know if we're, if we're adding up points or whatever yet you give them two or three more bonus points for, for being able to be a a constant and uh, you know, for never. And, and quite frankly, not to turn this in a negative light on a certain current superstar, but for never asking out for never complaining about not winning for never demanding that the Rockies go and get X, Y, or Z demanding out. In fact, we're going the opposite way and making sure that he didn't get traded to the Boston Red Sox. A team where he probably would have then ended up winning the world series. And whereby he probably would have become a first or second ballot hall of famer. If he'd spent the last four five, six years of his career in Boston, he'd probably just already be a hall of famer by now. So yeah, I think he gets points for that. I don't think he needs them. And this is what's weird to me is like the bat alone should be enough. It really should be enough. You don't like the traditional raw stats because Coors Field is propping up, his batting average is on base and is slugging. Okay. Well, his OPS plus and his WRC plus still say he belongs in the hall, not in the hall of the absolute best ever, but in the hall comfortably, not barely skinning in, not. Well, he'd be, you know, in the bottom ten percent. No, he'd be in the, he'd be about around the thirty percent mark. That's before you build. So, so that's that should be the starting place. It's like he should be in semi comfortably with his bat. Now add defense, real defense, not these metric numbers, first baseman UZR nonsense. Really take into consideration Todd Helton's value as a defender, because if you want to argue that these numbers are legitimate, then now what you have to do is make to me and to every Rockies fan, the case that Todd Helton was a negative defender every year of his career and prepare to be laughed out of the room. Then you add the Mr. Rocky stuff in. I don't think it should be close. Maybe just me. I may not be as smart as everyone going to MSU Denver online right now, but I know that Todd Helton's a Hall of Famer and not a Hall of Pretty Good not a hall of, oh, wow, we're underrating this guy and he belongs, but, you know, if he doesn't get in, no big deal, because he'd be one of the worst guys in the Hall of Fame. No, he's a middle ground Hall of Famer. On his ability on the field alone, he's a middle ground Hall of Famer. When you throw in the fact that he's easily the most important player in the history of one of the 30 franchises currently in Major League Baseball, yeah, let's go. Speaking of MSU Denver Online, you got to check them out. Uh, Now's the time to get another skill under your belt, whether you're trying to finish up a degree or just uh, learn something new so you'll be ready to attack the world when the world is ready to be attacked. We're getting there, it's pretty close, uh, but you still got time to take these online classes. At MSU Denver. So head over to the website, msudenver.edu slash online. Check out all the stuff they've got there, uh, it, all kinds of classes, all kinds of programs. Like I said, they'll be able to tailor to your needs almost certainly. So check it out. Get yourself re educated uh, or more educated for the, the world to come, uh, as it were. And so the last thing I wanted to mention here on the, uh, the Todd Helton and Prof Nuggie comes in with an interesting um, argument here. He says, if in 07 we win and he hits 300 with two homers and five RBI in the world series, he's probably already in. And I think that's another thing too, that it, I, I was sort of going to lean into here is the, the team success. Right. And, and that is oftentimes like, well, what did he ever do in the postseason? And he, he got to play in the postseason twice. So he doesn't have all of that that Jeter stuff. And I think that again, yeah, there, there's a lot of what ifs throughout Helton's career. Uh, I mentioned that. What if he had gone to Boston? What if the Rockies win that world series? What if he he plays a bit better in that world series, uh, which of course leads to its own. What if, of what if there hadn't been a long ass delay uh, between the conclusion of the NLCS and the start of the world series? Uh, and then of course the big one, the, the going all the way back to, the very beginning. And and this is where you start to peel away the stats and the data. And you do remember the human element of the game of, of baseball. And this is where it is difficult because asking people to have a certain amount of personal experience with something in order to make a, a fair judgment about it is difficult. Like, uh, and I don't want to say, hey, look, you didn't watch him play, then then your opinion on him doesn't count. Because I, I don't think that's fair. What I do think is that anybody who watched Todd Helton play baseball for a couple of years, I mean a couple of years, understands this fundamental truth. He would have been great for anybody. Todd Helton did not need Coors Field or any of the rest of that mumbo jumbo. He was one of the best of an era, which is typically what the Hall of Fame is about, at recognizing pitches and putting the bat to the baseball. That's why his career on base is 414. If it was because of Coors Field, where are the other? Nobody on the Rockies last season, not a single player for the season on base over 400. In fact, it's probably been several years. Maybe Blackman's done it. I think Blackman's probably the only guy on the team right now who, as a Rocky, is on base over 400 for a season. Todd Helton had a career on base of 414, which is drug down dramatically by his final two years in baseball, where a bad back really sapped, you know, what could have been a, a much stronger finish. For 15 years, the first 15 years of his career, Todd Helton sat on an on-base percentage of 420. It wasn't because of the ballpark he was playing at. It was because of his ability to do the single most basic, fundamental baseball thing, the thing we're all watching, the thing you do, the battle of the game, pitcher versus hitter, Does he know what I've got? Does he know where I'm going? Can he cover it? Can he hit it hard somewhere? Let's pull the pitchers who faced Todd Helton in his career. Let's create a sample size of all of the pitchers, uh, a scientific data pool. If you faced Helton at least twice in your career, you're in the poll. Is the guy a Hall of Famer? That's the question. What do you think is the percentage that would say yes? My yes? About ninety-five percent. I'm not joking. They didn't care where he was. They weren't calculating for all this or that or the other. Well, you know what pitchers know? I couldn't throw my sinker by that guy. I could not fool him with my changeup. Every time I thought I was going to bust him up and in, he fought that off or he turned it into the gap or, yeah, I managed to get him out a few times, but boy, were those line drives right at the shortstop. That's what they know. I think it'd be interesting. I wish there was a way to do that. I wish there was a way to throw. I got to contact Trevor Bauer. <laughs> Seems like he would have the contacts to make something like that happen and would be similarly interested. And would that sway people? I don't know. I I really don't. But if you you if you went back, here's what I'm sure of in my gut but cannot prove. You took the player, the talent, the mind and body, Todd Helton and put him any other organization in baseball at the exact same time, he'd be a hall of famer as I'm talking to you today. We will have more time to jump into more of this in the future. I appreciate everyone getting this conversation going. We'll have to get Patrick Lyons in on the conversation as well. Uh, I know he likes to navigate the statistics and the war and the jaws uh, even more than I do. Uh, I'd be very curious to see what he thinks of the conversation, what his take on the whole big hall, small hall thing is. Um, although we've kind of had that conversation a few times before, but uh, and, and there's also promising news. You know, in the five thirty eight article, they they point out that they don't think that he's. Uh, his percentage is going up quite quickly enough, but again, I think it's like you're you're accounting for the Coors Field effect in a lot of other places, but you're not counting for it here in this part, which is the voting electorate. Which now that we've got Larry Walker in the Hall, I do think codifies that Coors Field is not something that you can just use completely against a person, and I do think it's starting to normalize more and more people paying a more nuanced attention to that question not only that i think it's also just indicative of an electorate that's getting younger and is more naturally inclined in that direction anyway and as certain guys who haven't been voting for a long time start to come off the the voting rolls um i think helton's chances are going to dramatically increase actually i think he's going to have a huge jump next year i hope so but let's see where it goes for now i'm just going to say thank you all for listening in Make sure you're following on all the social media. You're subscribing to the DNVR.com. You get some of this cool merchandise uh, over at the store. I'm not sure what our deal of the week is right now, but I'm sure it's awesome. And otherwise, just continue to be absolutely awesome. I will continue to be absolutely Drew Criesman. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark.